I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They called me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul, Mission Control Deck, and most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It feels like we say this increasingly often at the top of every week, but... What a time. Uh, <laughs> China is launching AI satellites. There's uh, here in our fair metropolis of Atlanta, a former president is going to court doing a little law and order thing on uh, Ricola. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, going to be a perp walk and everything, or at least uh, it sounds like getting mug shot and uh, and like weighed and measured and stuff. That's what I heard, which is typical intake. Yeah. But I don't think it happened the last time. I think he, like, kind of scooted out of that. This seems like they're making a show of it. But you're right. It is absolutely procedural. But for some reason, I think that the last couple, he, he didn't have to do that. There certainly wasn't a mugshot that was, like, circulated. It's just crazy to me that they're all rolling through Fulton County Jail. Yep. That's weird. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for anybody who has uh, had the distinct displeasure of considering uh, Fulton County lockup uh, an alma mater, non-consensually you'll understand it is um it is not a super fun place uh and it's it's also hilarious regardless of your political ideology it's also hilarious that this country for more than 200 years never thought huh can people run for president when they're in trouble anyway that's a story for another day that's the news you get everywhere you look and that is not what strange news is about this evening, we are going to travel to the moon. 
uh, in hopefully a, a, a quite inspiring, if imperfect to way to the moon. Uh, we are going to look at some breaking news that will have a lot of questions, uh, questions that I imagine will not be answered by the time this publishes. Uh, but before we do any of that, we had an excellent conversation off air. And <laughs> and Noel, uh, you hipped Matt and I to something that <laughs> I had not I had not heard about. It's a blast from the past. Uh, it's, uh, maybe we should start recording our, our BS sessions before we roll. Um, but fire festival, didn't we talk yeah. about like, how long ago did we talk about this? I think it, was it was 2018, I think is okay. when the hubbub was hubbubbing about uh-huh. that one. And since then, I think we've been, we've been gifted with two competing documentaries on the subject. Right. I think one was Netflix and one was Hulu and there was like debate as to which one was better. Um, they're both pretty good. Um, all, you know, chronicling the uh, misadventures of one uh, Billy McFarland and also one Jaw Rule. Remember Jaw, right? Mm-hmm. Can um, I just say, I mm. for the record, I did not believe this was act, this was true when you sent some stuff to us, Noel. I was like, "That's BS. That's not real." Nah, There's man, no you made way. a video. <laughs> <laughs> it's, if it's a video, it's got to be true, dude. It's got to be. Uh, and I just gotta say, um, because we have no joke left behind, we're not gonna belabor it on air because you've heard it from us before. But every time Jaw Rule comes up, the three of us repeat verbatim that amazing joke by Dave Chappelle. Not even going to ruin it. Not even going to ruin it. Uh, tune in. <laughs> well, where is Ja Rule is the question on many, you know, many a lip. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's conspicuously absent uh, in this, in oh, this you recent said, update. You said poignantly. Poignantly. Conspic- it's a, yeah, I think it speaks volumes, perhaps. Um, it is really funny seeing him kind of kicking the can down the road in the documentaries where, like, you know, things are just Jurassic Park level falling apart, you know, and Ja Ja's just kind of in the background like, well. This is awkward, you know. Um, of course, Billy McFarland is, you know, he's this classic kind of, I guess, Silicon Valley startup era huckster, you know, we, we like not as evil outwardly as uh, who's the pharma bro. I've already forgotten his name. Skrilly. Yeah, Skrilly. Yeah, with the, the Wu-Tang uh, one of a kind record and all of that. And of course, you know, hiking the price of, you know, uh, survival drugs mm-hmm. for people with uh, debilitating health conditions. That guy's cool. I'm sure also he's went fun. to prison, um, got out and started hucking it again. Is hucking uh, a, a a verb for a, what a huckster does? Do you huck, bro? It's American English. The world is yours. Cool. I Just think go it works. for it. Billy McFarlane, though, um, he 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 went to prison um, for a while. I want to say it was at least a handful of years. Um, maybe even as many as six. I feel like he, no, no, the thing happened and the documentaries came out, but there were those like fast tracked kind of documentaries. And, it, you know, this is a, a festival, by the way, about social media influencers. And so there's probably a lot of video, <laughs> a lot of footage around uh, that they were able to just pull off the internet. Um, I, I feel like a lot of the footage in those, doc- both of those documentaries was in the uh, vertical format. Um, probably not for nothing. Um, but yeah, Billy McFarland is back and he has posted a video wherein he says fire festival Two uh, coming, coming to a private Caribbean Island near you. Um, details are sparse. You know, some of the artists that were associated with the first one were like pretty big, like folks like blink 182 and 
Amigos and um, a couple other names that I'm that I'm uh, forgetting, but no Major lineup. Laser. Major Laser. Okay, no, yeah, no, no lineup uh, announced as of yet, but apparently tickets are already on sale, and they're not doing like too bad. Um, and they're you know tiered tickets, so I think he's the first batch. And is in the $400 range. And I think one of the big things about that first fire festival were the, the tickets just in general were very, very expensive. They were like prohibitively expensive. This was like a status thing, you know? So I think they were, you know, over a thousand dollars for maybe even just the like basic tier tickets. And, you know, as is often the case uh, for conferences and festivals and things like that. There's always an early bird special of some, you know, kind. This one seems a little bit on the desperate side in terms of compared to like what they were asking the first time around, which is understandable in case you forget, you forgot, you know, I, I, I compared it to Jurassic Park because it was just like, you know, the, all the fences went down. The, 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 the monsoon came in and the velociraptors were running wild, gutting social media influence. That didn't happen. But the first two mainly did. And um, there were, you know, meals of like, they looked like rations. They looked like wartime rations. There's famous pictures of like a, the crappiest, saddest cheese sandwich and wilted salad that you've ever seen that made the rounds back in those days uh, of back in the glory days of fire festival 1.0. Um, what we do know is that Billy McFarland did come out with a video uh, and the quote speaks for itself. Honestly, I'm just going to read it because it's pretty good. Um, let's see. Uh, he says the following in this video. Um, it has been the absolute wildest journey to get here. And it really all started during a seven month stint in solitary confinement. Um, I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh. It sucks. That sucks. Solitary is awful. And we know it's a very brutal and inhumane thing. What's, what is funny, though, and I can't help but laugh at this. You know why he was in solitary, you guys? Why was he in solitary, Noel? For podcasting. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, for like pod, trying to podcast from prison. That's apparently against the terms of his confinement. Sort of like when a hacker, you know, isn't allowed to touch a computer for like 10 years. I guess this guy isn't allowed to do a podcast or, you know, touch social media. I mean, obviously, that's not the case now that he's out, but that's very weird. In prison. Yeah, that's what oh, I heard. How, how is that not a, um, a violation right, a free of constitutional speech. rights. Yeah, I agree. And I did hear this secondhand. Um, I'm, it may have been a joke. I sure hope it's true. So take that with a grain of salt. Okay. But um, that, is, that is what I had heard. Just to make a connection here, I was reading about the indictments going on, you know, with former President Donald Trump and a lot of the people of, you know, that are allegedly involved in that election scheme here in Georgia. One of the points of the bond agreement for uh, former President Donald Trump to be, you know, not kept in a jail right. while he's going through this stuff is to not communicate with any of the other, quote, co-conspirators via social media. So, like, oh. it is it is like a way of trying to prevent people who've gone through something like this from almost messaging out to other people, possibly in this guy's case, co-conspirators, right? Oh, that's simil right. similar to Andrew Tate then. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's right. And I did just find confirmation from uh, a story from Pitchfork from 2020. Fire Festival's Billy McFarlane placed in solitary confinement following podcast launch. Um, it says, let's see, uh, we believe the investigation stems from his participation in the podcast and the photographs that were taken and utilized in the trailer of his podcast, Dumpster Fire, that launched while he was confined. Um, it's McFarlane's lawyer. That's what McFarlane's lawyer told uh, the Times, the, the New York Times, I believe. Uh, let's see, uh, which were all properly taken. So this is him saying he didn't do, 
he did everything right, and they mm. put him mm-hmm. in solitary. Um, we don't believe he's violated any rule or regulation, and there can't possibly be anything else. Uh, he's been a model prisoner there, um, which would seem to be the case. So he it says McFarland's six-year prison term. He pled guilty to two counts of wire fraud. Um, and let's see. He stated, this is from Pitchfork, on the first episode of Dumpster Fire, that any proceeds generated by the show would go towards the $26 million he owes the investors he defrauded in the fire Festival debacle. Um, according to his lawyer, he's currently scheduled to be released August 30th, 2023. That's, so he, he got early release, it would, it would appear. So uh, unless, unless, I'm not, unless I'm mistaken and he is in prison still, but I don't think so. I think he was making that video as a free man. Uh, he was released on, in May of 2022. He only served four years. Um, for defrauding investors and committing wire fraud. There, there was another ticket scam that he actually got in trouble for that was unrelated to uh, Fire Festival. He was apparently doing some kind of like internet kind of bait and switch scam or, or, or like a like a counterfeit, I guess, um, where he was selling tickets on the cheap, I guess, kind of like a seat geeks kind of situation or where you like buy a ticket from an individual in the hopes that you're going to get it and all of that. And, you know, there can be shady results in those situations, but usually it works out. I think he did something a little more direct to consumers that really definitely was fraud. Um, so yeah, that's really, that's kind of all there is. It's I just, you know, you'd think the guy would have learned his lesson or, or done it somewhere else or pivoted to something different, but I guess no publicity is bad publicity. Because it does seem like the tickets are selling. It's it's very weird. Very weird. I wonder if people are like hate buying them. Or yeah. The, yeah. Just it's like, to be a part of something. I don't know, man. It's weird. It's social media as well, right? Like uh, to your excellent point about the earlier instance of, of Fire Festival, a lot of people were posting and um, I guess engaging in the dopamine casino. So if we think about it that way, there may be people who are signing up with the cynical expectation that things go wrong again, and they can they can be the first accounts with those vertical videos of those just atrocious sandwiches. Those are like prison, no, worse. They're like jail-level sandwiches, the way they look. Exactly. No, and you're right. I mean, to, to, to the point of no publicity is bad publicity, that typically is the case for social media folks. I mean, even just to be associated with something they know will be a storm of some variety is just going to boost their profiles. And, and they're not necessarily like culpable or anything. I think they just see that this is like maybe they just see what's coming and they're like, oh, this will be an opportunity or maybe they're just blissfully ignorant and think this is going to be great and that he's he's reformed and he's obviously going to do a great job this time. Hmm. Uh, there were six sequels to Jurassic Park, by the way. So if not more, I think I, I just pulled that number out of the air. But quite a few sequels to Jurassic Park where they figured out a way to keep doing it mm-hmm. <laughs> even despite, you know, previous results. So, mm. yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Humanity, uh, even before social media, uh, even before the invention of the car, People always slow down to watch an accident. You know what I mean? So that may, that fascination uh, may be be part of it. But to be honest with you, you know, here's hoping it goes better. Here's hoping everybody has a great time. I want to take accountability and be absolutely honest here. Uh, When you were were talking about a Caribbean island, Noel, 
I lazily uh, search the internet for Fire Island, and that is a very different place. Oh, yeah. Just that's giving awesome everyone place. a heads up. That's yeah. a, that's not related to the festival. That Fire Island is spelled with uh, is the regular way, right? If I'm not mistaken, yes. it's spelled yep, yep, with yep. a Y because it's extreme. It's edgy. You know, that's that's how you know. That's all I need to know. You got a funny letter in there? I'm I'm there. Put put me in the game. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be in the front row playing with the pigs. That was another thing too, guys. And then we'll, we'll we'll move on. In the initial like. Uh, I guess marketing materials for Fire Festival One. It was like it was like a Club Med vacation video. It was like you know, you know, like sandals, Caribbean resort, with, and it was like, and the island is inhabited by these lovely pigs that like swim and will play with you on the beaches. And then like the reality of it was that pigs are gross and aggressive, and like that kind of stuff. You know, I love that they use that as a selling point. It's it's just great. It's just um, what's the word? Oh, hubris. That's the word. And it's just on display, you know, for all to see. And you can't you can't look away from someone that's got that level of of hubris. I do wish him the best, though. I I hope that it works out. I'm not, you know, uh, in any way wishing ill upon Billy McFarlane or Ja Rule, for that matter, who seems to have steered clear, at least based on what we know now. Uh, Speaking of hubris, just really quickly before we jump. Do you guys, do you guys hear about Elon and Putin and yes. whatever the heck is going yeah, on there? Just, <laughs> just hanging out. Just went public uh, as as we came in to record this evening. Um, Elon contacted the uh, the Pentagon to disclose that he had had a one to one conversation uh, with Vladimir Putin. Do you think it was like, <laughs> anyway, I just want to, I want to talk about that more later. It's just weird. Yeah. Maybe they were sending Wario memes. Who knows? Putin's a sick memer. Everybody knows that about his him. Meme seen that one? Is, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that, that one where he's got his shirt off? He made all of those by hand. That was, <laughs> did, yeah. did you see the, uh, did you see the, the recent scuttlebutt of, oh, there's a lot in Russia. We'll get to it right after the break. In fact, but, uh, there's a, there's a new thing that low key went viral it's long been suspected that Putin has body doubles. Check out our previous episode on body doubles. Uh, there's a video clip now uh, where in it's like reading tea leaves or Rorschach stuff, but there's a video clip of someone who appears to be Vladimir Putin looking like they forgot where their which wrist their watch is supposed to be on. And the the Putin wears his wristwatch on the on the right wrist. This person, who is definitely Putin, by the way, uh, appears to like look at their left wrist and be very confused and then have like an oh moment. Yeah, that's that's who I am. I'm I'm the strong man of Russia. Um, Anyway, very interesting. This is the kind of speculation that thrives in the absence of transparency. Uh, And, you know, who knows? Maybe humanity can turn things around. Maybe. One day, we'll all be at Firefest having a big old time. Hope so. Uh, we'll take a quick break now and hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll be back with more Strange News. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we have returned with what is breaking news. We alluded to this at the top of the show. Uh, We have spent some time uh, since the conflict in, in Ukraine, which really began way earlier, right, with the taking of Crimea. Um, we have talked extensively about what is going on in that part of the world. In particular, we talked a lot about uh, about a, an outfit called the Wagner Group. And I think when we originally did an episode about the Wagner Group, it was probably um, it was probably new information to a, a lot of our fellow conspiracy realists in the West because it's not a thing that's going to pop up until there's a big international problem, right? So you have probably heard Yevgeny Prigozhin, the leader of Wagner, in the news for attempting what appeared to be a coup on the power structure of Russia. When we talked about this in depth, there are still many unanswered questions, not just for uh, us schmucks in the West, but for the people of Russia, who are increasingly wondering what the heck is going on? Who's at the wheel? Today, uh, just before we came in to record, we received the news that Prigozhin may have died in what is being described as a plane crash a bit north of Moscow. Now, this is happening as we record. Uh, It appears 
this private aircraft with 10 humans on it was shot down by Russian Air Force. Uh, This is, I mean, it's not a super big plane. If you look at it, if you're an aviation nerd like we are, this, it's a small craft. um, And it is confirmed that Prigozhin was on the passenger list. That's the headline. What do you guys think? Mm. It's the day the music died. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) sorry. Wow. Perfect. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, well, R.I.P. Big Bopper. I hope. Yeah. Well, my my first question is: Okay, we've got Prigozhin on the passenger list of this particular plane that was shut down. Correct. Correct. Okay. Well, it it was and it was shot down. It was. It didn't crash. Like it. So if you yeah, if you look at uh, and again, we are not experts on shooting down planes thankfully but uh if you look at the various uh snatches of video footage that have been put up there if you look at uh telegram is going nuts for this twitter slash x as well um it very much looks like it was shot down out of the air uh the plane is or was Prigozhin's business jet and it went down near a region called Tver, Tver, uh, T-V-E-R. And if you go to, uh, th- there's a great site my pal uh, Joe sent me. Uh, Joe is a Navy veteran called Real News No Bull****. And they have done a pretty good job of platforming a lot of this stuff. It looks like the official government of Russia uh, through various outfits, is confirming that all 10 people, seven passengers and three crew, died as a result of the crash. Uh, they did appear to lose their lives. Also, the second-in-command of Wagner was on the plane, or at least on the passenger list. So what's the implication here? Like, shot down by whom? <laughs> yeah, we were talking I mean, about okay. this off air. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh gosh, who could it be? Oh, imagine go, I know. Imagine I know. Vladimir Putin Elon like, Musk. Like uh, no. uh like that the hot dog sketch and I think you should leave. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, who we have to find out who's plane? done this? Yeah. Uh, well, wasn't he wasn't Putin occupied or something when the news was coming out? Like he couldn't be reached for comment even initially? Yes, that is correct. Um, also, there, there's no clear proof at this point uh, regarding who ordered that anti-air strike. Uh, the scuttlebutt we've heard, and it's all rumors for now, uh, the scuttlebutt we've heard so far uh, seems to fall into three buckets. Uh, and we'll give them to you in order from plausible to least plausible. The most plausible answer is almost always going to be a simple answer. So the simple idea is that Vladimir Putin, a very, very clever, brutal individual, waited until things seemed like they were going to be cool. And then, you know what I mean? Because when we were talking with Jake Hanrahan, mm-hmm. and we asked him about the whole thing with the weird, you know, marching and all of that good stuff. Sure, yeah. He, you know, he didn't really want to go super into it, but the one thing he did kind of let on was that he thought it was like maybe a, a bit of theater 
where it was like Putin and this guy kind of colluding in some way. If I'm unless I miss mis- yeah, you're you're right. And I, I talked with Jake just a, a little bit about this earlier today. The um, what he said is you, you can't rule that out. You can't yeah. rule out that possibility because, again, so much of the internal affairs, it's a black box. The second theory going right now is that uh, the plane was shot down, but maybe not on Putin's direct order, maybe on the order of the Russian minister of defense, uh, who is one of the guys that Prigozhin and Wagner were very beefed up with. Because Wagner, if we recall, was often complaining that they were being they were given the short shrift by the proper Russian military. Uh, and so this may have been retaliation from an inside enemy. So political infighting, domestic instability. That's the second idea. The third idea, I'm so excited to talk with you guys about this one. The third idea, the least plausible, is that there is some 4D chess going on to that point about political theater. And the idea that Prigozhin may have faked his own death, may have committed suicide. It's a cool story. Uh, As we know, it is extraordinarily complicated to successfully fake your death in the modern day, even if powerful forces aren't looking for you. What do you guys think about those theories? Think this guy faked his own death? I guess (sighs) that would presuppose that Putin was really, 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 really seriously after him, right? Or maybe... I don't know. I, I just always like to what end? That's such a big swing, you know, to to attempt it, let alone pull it off. Well, okay, we have to assume that Pergosian was aware that his life was in danger, and he, I mean, honestly, if, if you look at the words of most of the military analysts who are talking about this openly, they're all saying. Prigozhin's life expectancy was like a month to three months, maybe something <laughs> right. like that. And this is two months. So actually it's, you know, right within the window. He lived a pretty good time after that whole coup attempt thing. If Prigozhin is as wealthy as he was or is and has all of these resources, you know, your life's in danger. Suicide is actually a pretty good idea. Um, and he had been talking a lot about wanting to operate in Africa a lot more, like uh, or operate Wagner in Africa a lot more. It's, there's a potential that he got out of there, or I don't know. Maybe this was his attempt to get out of there, and it failed. Maybe he heard the news about Fire Festival returning <laughs> and said, "Okay, I got to get it together." You know, buy the tickets, crash the plane. But here's the thing: those people really did die. The people yeah. aboard the plane are dead. And that would mean logically that if this guy in his calculus, if he somehow decided it would be worthwhile to fake his death, then that means that he sacrificed 10 people Mm. for that grift, which is soulless to do. Um, Have those bodies been identified or just the passenger list? used to identify the bodies that were recovered, right? I mean, because those are very different things. Yeah, they're relying on the manifest uh, at this time. It's a great question, Matt. At this time um, that we are recording, forensic data has not been released, which makes sense because it's it's that stuff does take time uh, if you're doing it right. However, by the time this strange news publishes, uh, it, it is entirely possible 
that there will be more uh, details on the on the seven passengers and the three crew. But we don't know. And the problem is with the news coming out from Russian sources in general, even boots on the ground on Telegram and so on, uh, the problem is that there is, there is always going to be an immense inherent distrust, right? A questioning of the motives. So to Jake's earlier point in sad oligarch, <laughs> it's really tough to confirm these things. Remember Jake was telling us about him and uh, how he and his partner on the show had to go to Russian sources and then had to parse through on a granular level, not just the language used, but also the, um, what's a good way to say it, the possible motivations of that, of the people propagating that information. So right now, I'm going to be really honest. Um, everything we've learned about Prigozhin does indicate the world would be a more stable place without this individual in this position of power. Um, it might remind, you know, there, there are nationalistic forces in Russia that see him as a hero, right? That, that see him as fighting against a corrupt power structure. But we also have to remember this guy is pretty close to judge Holden in Cormac McCarthy's blood meridian. He is, sort of war personified as an individual. And as such, um, you know, as such, there are some, uh, there, there are some organisms that simply have to be put down for the greater good. And I am completely aware of how dangerous and slippery of a slope that statement is, but He's I, a rabid I, dog. I can't put it any other yeah. way, man. I mean, what do you guys think? What do you, you like? Is this a guy ideologically who would quit his bloody profession and go open a record store, go open a, like a, a hipster donut shop? I think not. You know, I think this guy is all gas, no brakes. Um, but if he did indeed die in that plane crash, um, other innocent people died as a result. There's not really a good guy in this story. I don't know, man. I, I feel like next week, no, I feel like in three weeks or maybe even as much as two months, no one will care. I give it one to three months. One to three months at the window. <laughs> I give ben, it a fortnight's time. Ben, what were the Place um, bets? What was the thing about a second plane? Uh, okay. Oh so, no, a second. Oh, yeah, that throws yeah, everything yeah, yeah, into yeah, yeah, disarray. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I I went on Twitter talking to our fellow conspiracy realist, and and let me just read some great responses. Uh, so I was trying to be very objective, open ended, and fair. I said the Wagner speculation is nuts today. Does anyone have a theory on Prigozhin? Uh, our pal Mike said, I'm going with a small pointy thing doing about Mach 3. Multiple people said, yeah, he was taken out. Putin killed him, obviously. And then I started to dig a little bit more and got some got some crazy news. A shout out to War Monitor. Uh, they show that Prigozhin had apparently a second aircraft 
that as of about an hour ago, as we record here in the U.S., was maneuvering over Moscow and safely landed. <sighs> okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we may return to this again. We want to be very fair and objective and acknowledge that more information will probably come out. Very few people know the truth at this point, and hopefully it will not always be stuff they don't want you to know. Uh, if you are looking for a little bit of light in the darkness there, uh, then we can confirm that Russian authorities have, quote, opened a criminal case on the violations of the rules of traffic safety. Um, cool. Regarding the plane crash? You know, you, you got to have rules. Right. So so they're like, hey, we're going to we're going to look into this. We hear you. And uh, and speaking of flight, you know, we never want to leave you on a really down note, folks. Uh, We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Of course, 1833-STD-WYTK, conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. But before we end, we have one more sort of thematic narrative to explore. It's quite exciting. Since we're already in the sky, let's go a little further up. We'll be back after a break. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
we're back. Uh, guys, history this week has channeled Charles Dickens. It's uh, We're siphoning the sentiment of 1859 because... Uh, because history is literally doing this. I'm just going to read it. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom and also of foolishness, belief and incredulity, uh, light and darkness, hope and despair, heaven and hell. In short, the period was so far like the present period that some of its noisiest authorities insisted on being received for good or for evil in the superlative degree of comparison only. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is because we're we're talking Cold War stuff because Cold War stuff is happening. Guess what's the most Cold War thing you can do? Shoot something to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well. Forget were, poor people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's go to the moon, bro. Yeah. Either Either explode the biggest bomb that has ever exploded or just, you know successfully get something to the moon. Those are your two options. Russia had the opportunity to do the most hilarious thing and they did it. <laughs> you talking about the Tsar Bamba? <laughs> well, just, that's just a thing people are saying about dumb social media things. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, one day we will combine those two objectives, right? Launch the biggest nuke ever created at the moon. We'll see what happens. I think there have been some pretty good sketches about that. Mr. Um, Show. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. We're um, Earthlings. Let's blow up Earth things. Shout out oh. Sarah Silverman. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right. So let's get to the actual news. Two pretty awesome things regarding the moon occurred this week while we're recording. Uh, I think it was, gosh, I want to say on Monday when one moon mission was supposed to conclude with a lander on the moon. And then today on Wednesday, August 23rd, a second moon mission was supposed to successfully land on the moon. The one that was supposed to occur today on Wednesday, August 23rd was a success. India successfully landed the first spacecraft ever on the South pole of the moon. Mm -hmm. This is freaking cool. It's awesome. Um, One of the main reasons why it's so cool. First of all, it's India. It's one of the non official cold war countries uh, using, you know, their space crew program along with uh, in connection with other space programs from other countries and assistance, but India making it happen. And not only did they like get a thing on the moon, they've got a rover on that sucker. That's going to go look for uh, water on the moon, like actual uh, not reservoirs of water, but enough water that could be used by future astronauts that go to the moon. Right. Super awesome. Um, and I don't know. It's just, it's an historic thing. It's, it's a happy thing for humanity. The weird thing is guys. And the reason why I'm bringing up the cold war is because I've been reading a lot of foreign policy lately. A lot of other, you know, um, things that are paywalled online about geopolitics. And it's interesting how at least those people who write within those outlets at least want India to be a part of the West. That's what I'm noticing, right? There have been, there have been a lot of pushes for, I guess, to position India as more associated with the United States and, you know, quote the West. Um, it's just I, I don't know enough about that. So that's why that's what I'm going to ask you guys. What have you seen about positioning India to be viewed as a part of the Western powers? 
Mm, well, first off, it is the world's largest democracy. That part, that that's mm-hmm. tight <laughs> to the fans of democracy, uh, even though it is imperfect. Uh, secondly, like in our previous episode on the line of actual control, that very crazy border that is just going to get weirder between India and China. Um, it's part of the allied with India is often seen as a piece of a larger containment policy, right? The Mm. two most populous countries in the world are right next door, right? And uh, if it weren't for geography, they would be, they'd be the same country right now. You know what I mean? And um, they both have, they both have expansionist aims. They both have some serious region-specific problems with their neighbors, right? Shout out mm-hmm. Pakistan. Shout out the uh, <laughs> shout out the semiconductor episode we did earlier. Mm-hmm. But um, but with that, you know, especially in Europe and the West, uh, there there is a huge Indian diaspora. You know, um, so they. I'm just laying out like the laundry list reasons it would make sense for the West to want to be want to at least appear to be buddy buddy for a while. Uh, yes, you know those are great points, Ben. What I am noticing, oh, I'm looking at my other camera. I, I don't. Sorry, guys, I'm on my new computer for the first time. Yay! Maddie two cams. <laughs> Maddie two cams. All right, um, but Ben, yes, what I was reading in foreign policy, uh, it's writing from C. Raja Mohan. They're discussing global influence on developing nations and how most of that influence right now is coming from China and Russia and how the West is interested in seeing India's uh, influence on other developing nations throughout the world. Right. So I I think that's why it's, that's why it was really interesting to me. That's why I thought about the tale of two cities, you know, in that little intro to the segment, because within the span of, gosh, I don't know, a couple dozen hours, India's spacecraft was successful. But then Russia's Luna 25, which was another moon mission that was attempting to get uh, to the moon and land uh, to make it happen. The first moon mission in 47 years for Russia. It was going to be a basically a big comeback moment for them. And their Luna 25 mission was unsuccessful. The craft... I guess at some point lost contact with mission control and it, it basically spiraled out of control and smashed into the moon. Uh, I'll give you the quote from Roscosmos who, who actually made the mission occur quote, the apparatus moved into an unpredictable orbit and ceased to exist as a result of a collision with the surface of the moon, which is just a great way to say the thing. Like it was not good, but it ceased to exist. God, such a good <laughs> phrase. Um, but I mean, and again, that's really, that's honestly really sad for science. It doesn't matter how you feel about whatever geopolitical stuff. It stinks. I wish, you know, their moon mission would have been successful. They were also targeting uh, kind of not the same, but a very similar region of the moon that India was targeting. And again, it's, it's at least on the surface, it's missions to push forward the abilities for other astronauts, cosmonauts, doesn't matter where they're from, to go to the moon, to perform science, to hopefully use it for the betterment of humanity. The problem is, gosh, and the reason why it's a Cold War thing, 
It's because you can move, you can use the moon for other stuff. It doesn't matter what you know treaties you've signed historically. Uh, <laughs> well, but also like the moon doesn't belong to any nation, right? Isn't that a thing? Is that mm-hmm. agreed upon? Yeah. Is that codified? I think I think it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And everybody will continue pretending that's the case until the <laughs> until the <laughs> rover hits hits the lunar road. I mean, that's really interesting that we're talking about Roscosmos uh, in particular. The chief of this outfit, Yuri Borisov. Uh, and, and again, I love the point you're making there, Matt. Um, scientists are scientists, right? They're a nation of their own, and they are doing stuff that's often unappreciated. Failure is part of good science. I would argue it's one of the most important pieces. So this uh, this official, Yuri Borisov, said something that was really interesting uh, first, he says the usual stuff. We have to go to the moon. We got to do science. We as a civilization should try. But he speaks a little bit to the earlier point you're making, that the moon is a multi-use thing, right? It's a launching point potentially for other missions into the solar system. Uh, it is also, per our pal Yuri, of a practical value because, of course, the race for the development of the natural resources of the moon has begun. And in the future, the moon will become a platform for deep space exploration, an ideal platform. Yep, an ideal platform for a lot of stuff. And it's got a lot of helium. Woo, let's go. <laughs> and other things, other things, right? It's got all kinds of stuff that that corporations want to mine, just like the you know, the asteroids and stuff going by and all that good stuff. But guys, you you have to be careful what you're reading about this stuff. Depending on the news source, it's feeling like propaganda. If you're if you're in the West reading about India and Russia's moon programs and these launches, you're gonna get very different stuff in the the way verbs are used, the way it's positioned as like Russia's massive failure and oh and Russia will never get back to the old Soviet ways. Uh, and then to, you know, oh my God, India did the best thing ever. It's amazing and we're so excited for it. And it's just I'm sure if you're not in the West, you're getting other slightly different reporting. Um and it's just and it's just the phrasing, right? It's it's all about positioning. And in my mind, at least, and I think in our minds, it's just kind of stinks that one of them was unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, people worked really hard on this. And to, <laughs> I, I think it was on this show that we collectively learned and, and, and got our heads around just the impossible labyrinthine math required to just get something out to the moon the moon is far away (laughs) what it's right there it's right there there's a man in it Mm -hmm. reach reach into the sky and pick it right out now i know and according to some out of context buzz aldrin quotes we never went there man ah. buzz go home quit talking out of school man yeah, in space, no one can hear you vibe. Anyway, like that makes no sense. It just sounds cool. It's like oh, at the no, no. end or beginning of, of whatever mixtape we do. But, uh, but the what I think is key here to remember is that it's going to continue. 
right? The most powerful forces in human civilization currently consider long-term lunar presence a certitude, which means they are going to pour more and more money into it, right? And there is a certain level of attrition expected. There will be failures. The math is just crazy. There's so many variables that you cannot control for. Uh, it's amazing humans got to the moon at all. It's amazing that we, we even have our cool little toys on Mars. That's nuts. There's a robot that sings itself happy birthday on an empty that's, planet. That's kind of sad. When you think about it. I know. He's got a little party hat on and like a like a like a little cupcake and all he, alone. He's, but it's also it's kind of beautiful too. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like look at us. What a time we're having here. Uh, and the, I, I don't know, Matt, like no, what do you, what do you guys think about the idea of lunar exploration. Do you think it's a good use of human resources and time? I'm going to be honest. I do think it is. Uh, although I have some like ethical dilemmas, you know, there are people starving. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think mean, there's plenty yeah. of money and effort to, to both have people not starving and go to the moon. Um, we just, we like our, Flying machines with death weapons a lot more than, you know, people not starving. NASA's working on weapons on the moon, right? (laughs) Yeah. NASA's building flying cars. Uh, Shout out to uh, Mitchell and Webb look. Do you guys Mm -hmm. remember the Dr. Death sketch? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't think I do. Uh, I'm going to send it to you after this. You'll love it, man. It's great. But when it gets to, to... Lunar explorations and this kind of thing, it's still crazy to me if you look at the timeline of when missions actually went to the moon to when there is a black hole of any moon missions, any from the mid 1970s to uh, I think it was like the next moon mission, at least by the United States, wasn't until the late 90s. And this is the first uh, Russian lunar mission right in at, what'd you say 47 years nearly half a century oh yeah yeah uh oh i don't have the number in my head i think it was 1976 maybe something like that um but yeah it, we just stopped completely and then the next missions were all planned crashes you guys the next missions like when you're looking at anything that occurred in the 90s Upwards of, you know, 2010. Like, that's crazy. They're all planned crashes on the moon. Like, why? I was about what to say, heck? why? Yeah, why? Why? I don't get it. I don't know, dude. It's just also as enormously cartoonishly difficult as it is to get something to the moon. It's even more complicated to get it back. So it, it, you're probably actually saving money if you kamikaze it. Uh, I guess. But but in, in the case of the Chandrayaan, maybe, Ayan, Chandrayaan mm-hmm. 3, three. The, the India India's current moon mission, the one that they're on right now, um, like they're, they're sending a rover out to actually get science and send back information. If you just crash something into the moon, you could be like, yeah, we got there and we can maybe – Check out the debris that was raised up when our ridiculously expensive machine <laughs> plummeted to the surface. Uh, I don't know. There's got to be better ways to go about that. I would just 
argue. <laughs> Maybe not, though. I don't know. I don't know. There's no answers. I don't have any answers. We, we've covered the moon landings before, the conspiratorial parts of those things. And it's, I would say, guys, it's very personally difficult for me to believe that we didn't go to the moon because I want to believe we did, because I don't want to believe that we've just been lied to and there was that big of a charade this whole time. You're going to have to recontextualize your whole space camp experience if that's <laughs> the case, you know? But there's so, it's just weird, man. It's just too weird for me right now. I don't know. Tell us what you think about the moon and all the other things that we've covered today. That's right. You can do so by reaching out to us uh, through the vast space that is the Internet. We exist at the handles Conspiracy Stuff uh, on the uh, social media platform formerly known as Twitter, on uh, YouTube and on Facebook. Conspiracy Stuff Show is what you'll find us as on TikTok and Instagram. And if that's all old beans to you, if you don't sip the social meads, never fear. As we alluded to earlier, you can contact us on a telephonic device of your choice. All you have to do is dial in the number, play along at home with us, 1-833-STDWYTK. You will hear a hopefully familiar voice. You'll hear a beep like so. Beep. We all know how voicemails work. That beep means you're off to the races. You got three minutes. Those three minutes belong to you. Go nuts. Give yourself a cool moniker, a cool nickname. We cannot emphasize that enough. Uh, you'll hear cool nicknames in our upcoming listener mail. Uh, and perhaps uh, one of the most important things is to let us know if we have permission to use your name and or message on air, the most important thing, of course, is not to censor yourself. If you have photos you want to send us, if you have links, if you have ancillary information or resources, take us to the edge of the rabbit hole. We'll do the rest. We read every single email we get where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.